Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Glenn, good morning. Morning, Mikey. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I always love grabbing coffee with you, man. I know. This is fantastic. I'm so excited I called this coffee because, uh, you know, you've shared with me, you know, so much of your journey. And and, uh, as part of our Sober.Coffee Coffee. A library, you know, we got this little, we're going to have these little snippets in the back that uh, people can take a listen to. And I'm just super excited because I learned so much. I'm so inspired by your story. And uh, so I would love to hear what you got to say this morning. Yeah, this I think is it's all, really cool. This too. is all about you. Yeah. Man, I love that. This is a 18-hour session, right? Yeah, right, right. No, I, 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 I. I love having, you know, the opportunity of folks, you know, as they listen, they say, well, who's Mikey? Who's Glenn, right? And so this gives them a little backstory. Beautiful, beautiful. So where did it all start, my friend? All right. So, you know, my, uh, my experience um, with uh, drinking, um, you, know, as, you know, as I look back, you know, in, in my childhood, you know, as I hear many other stories, you know, they were challenged childhood, started drinking when they were 13, 14. That was not me. Mm. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a really cool house, cool family. Um, you know, I had strict, you know, Christian parents, religious background. Um, I mean, it just, you know, if I look at, at my drinking, I probably drank a six-pack in high school. You know, mm. I worked a lot. Pretty much worked full time. I worked at a cool restaurant, you know, in Philly, and um, you know there was a lot of drinking around me, and I mean that's probably where I had a couple beers and just kind of tried it out. And I, I knew, hey, if I go home smelling like beer or drunk, I'm really in trouble because my parents were strict. So, so I didn't. Kind of, kind of sounds like Greg Brady to me. I mean, it, it totally was. Um, you know, and then then I went to college. I went to Liberty University, and and they frown mm-hmm. on drinking there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, a Christian school, and uh, you know, drinking was against the rules. So so again, I probably drank, you know, a six pack in college, and that's probably unheard of, right? You know, how how can I be sitting here for today? the whole college career? Yeah, yeah, okay. And and I'm probably rounding up. Okay. I mean, I probably had you know four beers. Okay. Um, you know, then I got out of college, and you know, I started. On, on my business career and, you know, I started focusing on my success and kind of what was next and, you know, ac- I, I loved accolades. I loved the pat on the backs. I love the awards. You know, I love the paychecks. I love buying stuff and I just really got caught up in that. And, and, you know, for the next, you know, 10 years, I mean, yes, there were times that I drank. Um, uh, social drinking. You know, I lived at the beach. You know, we'd, we'd go here, a, a dude play the guitar and, you know, I'd have some beers and yeah, there were times that I got drunk, you know, and, and I, there were times I actually, you know, threw up, you know, um, but it wasn't disastrous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I look back and, and my memory gets better, um, you know, actually there were efforts to control my drinking at that point. Um, and then in 1995, you know, I got promoted to uh, 
so this is 10 years after college, you know, I got promoted uh, to the executive ranks and we traveled a lot. You know, we worked hard on the day and we played hard at night. Uh, and the playing hard was, was drinking. We used to drink our expense accounts, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, drinking was a party. It was fun. It was fuel. It was great. Uh, then in 97, you know, clearly drinking a lot, um, you know, during the week, at nights, on the weekends. You know, it was the first time I realized that, hey, this is, this is not right. And I was going to my daughter's dance recital. And you know how those things are. They got like a hundred little, you know, snippets or vignettes, right? And, uh, of course, you know, my daughter was in number four and number 100. Sure. So there was a big gap of time in the middle. You know, as I look back, you know, I was out in the parking lot tailgating, you know, during that time. And, you know, of course, I'm convincing my buddies to do it. And I'm like, something's wrong. Wait a minute, that's a thing, Dan? Dance recital tailgating, that's a thing? I made it one. All right, there you go. And and from that point on, I made every part of my life around drinking. If things didn't involve drinking, I didn't go. Uh, you know, I went to a dry wedding one time and, and you know, I tailgated there. You know, I either took the booze with me or I was managing having booze around everything that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then, then it really started getting bad. And, you know, I, I can remember in 2000, you know, I was traveling out in L.A. for business and I pounded it hard that night. I got to my hotel room at like 2 and I was supposed to be on a 6 a.m. flight. So I slept an hour. I'm on the plane. I mean, I am hurt. I'm sitting in first class and I am hurt. And the guy next to me turns, he goes, man, you're in bad shape. And I'm like, yeah, tough night, tough week, <laughs> tough month, tough year. Right. And he goes, hey, why don't you just get a Bloody Mary? He said, you'll feel better. I'm like, dude, that's nuts. He goes, no, get a double Bloody Mary. You'll feel like a million bucks. And I'm like, dude, that's like leaning into a punch, yeah, right? right? There's no uh, way that's uh, going to make me feel better. And yet, you know, you get endless drinks. And so I, you know, drank, drank. And... And by the time I landed back in Chicago, I did feel like a million bucks. Sure. And then, you know, from the limo back home, you know, by, by that time at one o'clock, I'm drunk again, right? And that was disaster for me. And that's the time, point in time where it started to go from day to day to day. So to, to, to make a really long story short, and I don't like drunk a lot, so, you know, I'm not going to go in deep, but, um, you know, 2003, I was at the Masters, just had a disaster at the Masters. I actually, you know, I suppose, a, you know, hang with Tiger Woods a little bit, you know, how these promos go. And and I I got drunk and collapsed and passed out. Well, anyhow, you know, a couple of days later, I was in my, my first rehab in 2003. Mm. And, you know, it was in Laguna Beach. And, um, you know, from, from that point, you know, for quite a number of years after that, you know, 10 years or so, I mean, it's just a disaster. It, it was a long trip to hell. Um, so I'm just going to recap mm-hmm. for sake of time. Um you know, through that period of time, I was in 75-plus hospitalizations and detoxes. I had four full-blown rehabs, one for four months. Um, you know, I spent 45 days in a highly functional day hospital program at a prominent hospital in Chicago. I've read almost every book on alcoholism and, and, and how to get sober. And I've been all the doctors, disastrous meds, you know, all that stuff. You know, and then... September of 2014, you know, I went to a week-long business conference in Palm Springs, seven days. First three days, I remember I relapsed on my way out there. I remember it. The last four days of the conference, totally blacked out. No memory. Nothing. Um, and I can't, I, I can't imagine what that bill was. Anyhow, 
over, over the course of the next week, I was six hospitals across the country, um, an eight-day detox, and on a Friday afternoon, um, you know, I landed on my counselor's floor of what was going to be my, my four-month you know, stint in another rehab sober living program. Um, you know, and, and, and so that's kind of, you know, in, in just a couple minutes, recapping my kind of experience mm-hmm. of my drinking career and kind of, you know, where I was and what the depths of level of hell. Right. Um, you know, I actually, one night, one, one of my hospital visits, this uh, neurologist in Red Scrubs, you know, came in and said, you, you know, you're probably not going to live through the night. You know, you fell, you have a brain bleed, you're probably not going to live. You know, and that was probably, you know, I mean, that was one of my bottoms that was right before that conference. But yet, I, you know, I still drank after that. You right. know? So, 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 you're, so you almost died. You almost literally died. And, and then you ended up on the floor, your counselor's office. I, I love this story. Yeah, so this is where we uh, switch gears to the strength part, right? Um, what did I do? What, what, what tools? And the, what I remember is looking back to that time, I, I couldn't even sit in a chair. I was so hurt. Uh, um, I mean, it was a tough detox. And at that point in time was my point of surrender. And, and what that looks like is I actually looked up at him and I said, I said, dude, I said, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I just cannot take another drink. And, and Mike, yeah, I'd said stuff like that before, um, you know, and, 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 and it sounded good. It sounded good to other people. It sounded good to me. But this was the first time in my life I meant it, um, you know, and, and that, was, that was a key for me. Um, and, and what that meant is I was surrendering to him and, and I was literally going to do everything he told me to do. And then very quickly, I surrendered to the guys in that program, right? There were eight of us and I told them, I said, hey, I'll take your direction. Just tell me what to do. Just tell them, you know, I just can't take another drink. Um, and then I eventually surrendered to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, AA, you know, to the 12 steps of AA, you know, I surrendered to my sponsor, taking direction from him, you know, um, and I eventually found my higher power, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that showed me what I needed to do and not do so I wouldn't have to take a drink today, you know? Mm-hmm. So at six o'clock, I'm out at the gas station trying to buy booze, mm-hmm. right? I hear a lot of surrender in there. Yep. yep. And then, you know, frankly, as I look at the tools and, and I still surrender today, Mm-hmm. Um, I still surrender. In fact, I'm still connected to that counselor, um, my sponsor. I and we'll we'll get into this in further, you know, episodes. But I mean, I surrender today to the program, to my higher power, to you know, people that can see me better than I can see myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I was no longer going to be the pilot mm-hmm. of of my life. And you know, frankly, you know, today I, I I keep working the twelve steps. I work the twelve steps with other people. And in fact. You know, there's actually 22 things I do today, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, mm-hmm. you know, so, so that I don't take that next drink, you know. Um, so it's a, you know, continually, you know, reminder for me. And some of those 22 things, you know, from a tool standpoint, you know, is daily meditation and prayer with my higher power. You know, I, I go to 10 meetings a week. Um, you know, I'm very involved with those step meetings. I'm, you know, I chair involved. You know, I, I sponsor other guys. I help other guys on their path to sobriety. 
and learning how to live a better life. You know, accountability. You know, I can't believe at the age I'm at, you know, that my uh, wife knows where I'm at at all times. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and at first that bothered me, but I'm like, I don't go anywhere that I'm that I'm ashamed of anymore. Sure. Right. So. Right. You know, who cares? Right. But uh, I'm very accountable today, and I also plan my life. You know, I'm very careful how I plan my life when I go into situations, right? And I play the tape forward. I'm like, hey, is this going to be a problem for me? Um, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about s several examples of that and break mm -hmm. that down a little bit. But, you know, and, and, and I'm very involved in spiritual things, right? Not religion. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of, you know, anti-rules. Sure, But right. I like the relationship with my higher power. So I plug into that. You know, I have a men's group that I'm involved with. You know, and we're, we're all working on just trying to be best versions of ourselves and, and best people for our, our, our families and our wives and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where did that... Uh, so those are some steps, some guardrails, the word you like to use, uh, that have brought you through uh, this path to recovery. And so now I guess we segue to hope a little bit. What is life like today for Glenn? Well, you know, I think it's it's cool. There's there's a song, you know, that that our podcast, you know, plays, and and I think that sums it all up for me. And uh, you know, it's uh, forty, um, you know, and that's taken, you know, right out of the Bible, uh, Psalm forty, and 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 the whole baseline that really hits me is I will sing a new song. Mm. Um, and, and, and that kind of frames my whole where I'm at today and where I'm at tomorrow and my future is that I'm singing a new song, right? Um, so, so yeah, you know, so, so now I'm, I'm sober, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I'm working these uh, 12 steps, and right? So now what? So there's these things called the promises, and um, um, they're the nine-step promises, and... You know, I was going to meetings for like two years, and this, this guy reads them at, at the end of the meeting, and I turned, I turned to the guy next to me. I'm like, man, they they're really cool. When do we start reading these? Uh, He's like, Glenn, we read them at the end of every meeting you've been to for the last two years. <laughs> but that's just where my 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 head was at, right? Sure. I mean, I wasn't really plugged in, or I was thinking about twenty other things, or so. You know, the 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 promises and and some of the key ones. You know, or, you know, hey, you know, if, if you get sober and if you learn to live, you know, a life that you don't need to escape from, because that's really why I drank. Mm -hmm. I just hated my life. I hated who I became and, and, and it just didn't feel right to me. So I wanted to escape. So, so I drank to escape. So these promises, you know, they're, they're telling me, hey, if I do this program, you know, these, these 12 steps, you know, I'll find a new freedom, a new happiness. Mm. I'm not even sure if I knew what happiness was, right? right? I won't regret the past, you know, nor wish to shut the door on it. I hated my past. I was ashamed of my past, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I couldn't deal with my past, right? So now you're, you're telling me if I do this, all that's going to be resolved? You got to be kidding me, right? Um, the next one is uh, comprehend serenity and, and no, no peace. peace right? I had no idea what peace was, you know? Um, uselessness, boy, I was good at that. And uh, self-pity will, will start to disappear. Um, you know, self-seeking slips away. You know, as I look back at my life, I mean, that was like the underlying theme of my whole life was self-seeking. You know, how can Glenn benefit from this situation? You know, my attitude on life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity. You know, that, that just seemed like, like you know, it, 
a dream, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we will intuitively, intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of the things the, the promise says is, you know, if, if you work the program, that these will always materialize, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And, you know, for me, I always seem like I'm on the slow train. You know, things don't happen, a light switch for me. Um, you know, so I can remember that night I went home and I, you know, wrote down all the things, right, that I wanted back, that the promises were promising me, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to get the big house back, the big paychecks, mm-hmm. the, the slick, fast car, and, you know, my, my, my family. I was going to get all that stuff back, and I remember writing it all down. Um, and, and I, you know, what I realized today is that those, those promises are coming true for me. But it looks nothing like that list mm. that I originally wrote down, mm-hmm. um, and and the only thing I can attribute that to is in, you know in the third step, you know I, I gave up my will, I you know I, I stopped being the pilot, right? Um, I started taking direction from other people, and you know it's amazed the uh, result, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I also realized that, um, you know, for a period of time, for roughly two years. I worked the program very hard. You know, I was doing the 22 things, kept doing the 22 things, keep doing the 22 things because I'm not sure which one works. Right. You know, um, but I know the 22 works. Um, you know, but but I did then because I was fearful of taking that next drink. I was trying to avoid the pain, no more pain, you know, but then somewhere along the way, you know, that that button switched, right? Um, and, and I stopped I stopped working the program to avoid the pain and I kept working the program because I wanted more of the great stuff that I was starting to to get from living a new life, right? From singing a new song. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, Mike, it started with hope. You know, I remember that counselor that Friday afternoon said, hey, do you have hope? And, and frankly, that's probably all I had that afternoon. And I said, yeah, I said, I do have hope, you know? So then that hope turned into faith you know, and, and, and faith meaning, you know, not some religious faith, faith meaning that if I did what you did mm-hmm. and you didn't drink yesterday, then I have a good chance of not drinking today, right? right? So right. so I believed in you and I believed in my counsel and I believed mm-hmm. in my sponsor and, and people in the rooms that if I did that, then I would be okay. And then those that faith started turning the facts, mm-hmm. you know, and I started to see things in my in my own life. Um, and the one thing I want to un- underline is, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, you know, there's a guy in the room that, you know, his life changed overnight, his first night of rehab. Hey man, that's great. That's sexy. Didn't happen for me. You know, it, it's not a light switch for me. It is a slow, slow process, but don't forget what the promise is. Really say they will always materialize. If we work for them. Always. Always. If you work for them. Glenn, thanks so much for sharing this morning. I, I tell you, I'm so inspired. I know it's not easy going back through uh, through the uh, through the uh, uh, experience that you had, but um, the tour but, through hell. Yeah, yeah. But thank you for sharing that with everybody because uh, I hope that uh, you know I find the similarities in my story and and I find hope. So thank you for sharing. We'll see you next you got week, it, man. I look forward to it. All right, I thanks, boss. Can't wait to hear your story. All right, man. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686.
The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.